You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Book of Isaiah chapter 5 verses 18. It's a classic uh, story that uh, has been told many times and it's the ancient story of the elephant and the rope scenario. How many have ever heard of the elephant and the rope? So the story goes that baby elephants, when they are captured and are going to be trained, they tie their front legs to a stake in the ground. And so when they're young and small, Only a thin rope is required. They will struggle to try to pull it out of the ground. Finally, eventually realizing they can't break the rope and take the stake out, and so they give up. Now, elephants grow very fast, and not long after, these cute babies uh, uh, become huge, giant elephants. But here's the thing. The same thin rope is still what is needed to keep them secure. They think the rope can still hold them, so they don't even attempt to actually try to break free. Now, I've met a lot of people that are just like these elephants. There's an incredible potential, but they're afraid to try again. Unlimited talent and ability But for them to even try again to break free. Maybe you're here tonight and there have been things you've been battling with for a long period of time. In the first month, you thought, I can do this. The second month, maybe. Six months, a year, two years, five years, a decade has gone past. And now you don't even try to break free. In the book of Isaiah, we're going to read just one verse. And it caught my attention because, to be honest with you, I've never heard of cart rope. But we're going to look at the effect that a rope can have upon our lives, causing us to live a life uh, that is contrary to what God has for us. Cart rope. Book of Isaiah, chapter 5, verse 18. One verse, the Bible says, Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as if with a cart rope. So let's focus this uh, evening on the cart of sin. Now, it's very rare that people would hitch themselves up to a volatile and disastrous life. Nobody hitches their cart or life uh, to uh, uh, potentially going off a cliff. And I remember mom saying uh, from a very young age, if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do the same thing? And of course, the answer is absolutely yes. No, I'm kidding. You say, no, no way. You know, I'm not going to fall for peer pressure. And so that illustrates uh, how we tend to uh, be drawn into those uh, uh, realities. Uh, And so in this passage of Scripture, it speaks about cart rope. We have a generation today that is tied to a cart that is dragging them to a very real fate of destruction. 
In 2018, January 25, a man got hit by a train simply trying to get the perfect selfie. It happened in India, and this article goes on to say that 127 global selfie deaths researchers identified between March 2014 and September 2016. Out of the 127 selfie, global selfie deaths, 76 occurred in India alone. Now, I don't know what the fascination would be of trying to get a selfie in a very dangerous place, but the truth is, is that this generation has never uh, been so close to danger. You can see it with the people that are climbing extreme heights with no ropes. They're taking these extreme measures all to be seen, to be known, to be followed. And the tragedy is, is that most of these global selfie deaths were mainly men. These men that thought, you know what, I've got to prove, I've got to show, I've got to do something. And what happens is they hitch their lives to a cart that is dragging them to destruction. The mentality that mostly follows these types of people uh, is that bad things won't happen to me. I'm sure it'll happen to somebody else. I'm sure it has happened in the past, but it won't happen to me. Uh, and the truth is, is that we cannot allow this mentality to begin to infiltrate the church. The church is to stand firm on what the Bible represents. I was appalled to read about the uniting church in New South Wales that are petitioning with the pro-choice people uh, saying that it is unhealthy to call abortion a crime. And so this is a church. This is the uniting church in Australia is supporting abortion. Now, I don't know about you, but that's very contrary to what the Bible says. You need to understand that we need to fix our minds on the gravity of sin. Sin is a curse. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In our text, the Bible says that these people are being tied to a cart of sin and vanity. That word vanity is emptiness. It means of no profit. It means falsehood. It means that it comes to nothing. And so you have to understand uh, that this is the cart that many have hitched their lives to uh, and are rapidly accelerating to destroy their lives. When I was younger, I used to always test the boundaries to see how far I could go. I would always kind of, you know, push, okay, let's see how long I can stay out, right? Mom says, you need to be back home, mom and dad. 10 p.m., 10.30, right? And you just, you just do it just to kind of test the boundaries. And if they say, that's it, you're grounded. You're like, okay, how long? Was it worth it, you know? And so you kind of, you juggle it up, was it, you know, and you do these things to test the boundaries, to see how far you can go, live on the edge. And you, you wait until the consequences strike. You steal something from mom and dad or from a shop and you see if you can get away with it. 
thinking, I can get away with it. It won't happen to me. Consequences won't fall on me. But here is the description of being tied to the cart of sin. At the beginning, we feel, I did something wrong. I know it was wrong, but nothing happened. Imagine if you sinned and God said, that's it, you're dead. Or imagine if you sinned and, and God just, you know, somehow caused your pinky finger to fall off. Yeah, I mean, you'd change, right? And me, I mean, I'm, I'm delivered. Hallelujah. But that doesn't happen. All of a sudden, you get away with it. Like our text says, it calls it cords of vanity. It begins very lightly. It's quite, uh, you know, uh, uh, nobody picked up on it. You lied. You got away with that lie and things seemed to be fine. Uh, and then the Bible says, uh, because of this indulgence, now you realize you could probably get away with a little bit. And so you get away with a little bit more and you continue to do this to the point where it becomes cart rope. Now, cart rope is literally that. It is rope strong enough to pull a cart. Now, for anyone who's ever been four-wheel driving or gotten stuck in mud or so, you know, in the sand, you know that you can't just grab any rope, tie it to another car or a tree and pull yourself out. The type of rope that would be able to tow another car and pull a ton or a uh, two-ton car out of the sand or mud is going to be a well-woven rope, thick with fine fibers of making a thick rope. And the Bible says this is the towing cart rope that is hitched to your life. You now no longer can stop. It's like being a habitual liar. At the beginning, it was fun, but now people say, how was your weekend? Well, I went jet skiing. Why would you lie about that? But if you're a habitual liar, why not? What did you get up to? I got married. Really? Why not? And it accelerates and it falls. I mean, it is a life that snowballs to destruction. Jesus said in John 8, 34, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to that sin. So, What you need to understand is while we think, well, you know what, it's just a little white lie. Nobody saw it. What they don't know doesn't hurt them. The truth is, is little by little, one thread at a time, you are building a cart rope that is towed, that is that is now connected you to the cart of sin. And as a result, the Bible says, Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity. And sin as if a cart rope. That word draw literally means drag. Why is your life such a drag? Are you connected to the cart of sin? You're struggling. 
feel as though there's no break, whatever it may, is there something you're connected to that is preventing you from experience, experiencing the fullness of life? So let's look secondly this evening at being roped in, because the will of God is directional. It's taking us somewhere. God is trying to build our lives so that we become more than what we could ever imagine. Now, while that is 100% true, you need to recognize that while God is trying to take you to a place of destiny and purpose, the enemy of your soul is trying to draw you out of that. And so he is trying to rope you in. And this is subtle. The devil doesn't come knocking at your door. Hi, I'm the devil, and I have a proposition for you. The devil uses a strategy to slowly thread his way into your life. It may be small and insignificant in 2 Corinthians 2.11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, how many have been to a third world country and felt as though you've been ripped off, right? We went to Bali, and I know nothing in Bali is real, but we step into this Ralph Lauren store, and I'm looking at this, and it's got beautiful, I mean, it's the best-looking store in all of Indonesia, hands down. But I'm grabbing the clothes, and I've bought polo, you know, Ralph Lauren uh, T-shirts, and uh, you know, polo T-shirts from... I know what a real one looks like and feels like. And so I go to one of the polos and I pick it up and I'm feeling the fabric and I'm looking at the cut and I'm saying, they want 50 American dollars and I know it's a fake. I mean, I, I, you know, if they had said maybe $15, okay, now, you know. But in this store, you couldn't even barter. You go up to the counter, boom, cash. Have you got the money? No. How about I give you 20? This was hands down just ripping you off. Now, nobody likes to be ripped off, amen? And the truth is, is it has to do with not wanting to be taken advantage of. The Bible says that we shouldn't allow the devil to take advantage of us or be ignorant of his devices. Now, devices in the strong is defined as to perceive or a thought. It gives the imagery of the devil planting a thought in your mind. And so this is where it begins. He begins to sow a seed and little by little, it's just one thread at a time. It's just a moment of insanity when you're sitting in prayer, you're laying a hold of God, and just something pops in and says, prayer doesn't work. And you think, where did that come from? You wake up on Sunday morning, you feel like, maybe I could just have the night or the day off today. Where does that come from? It is a device from the devil. And if you are not careful, you become ignorant to these devices, little by little, creating a cart rope that now you cannot break away from. So let's look at some of the devil's devices. 
How many have ever heard the phrase, you just got to relax. You need some me time. Just unwind. Don't be so uptight. Aren't you tired? The first have to, has to do with relaxation. That it seems as though the devil is very good at trying to feed that little relaxation side of us. It's like, I mean, let's be honest. How many had an afternoon sleep? None of us. Or one. Okay, a couple of us. I mean, I would love to just be able to, but the problem is I probably wouldn't wake up. I'd wake up next Thursday and be like, oh, what happened? That was a nice sleep. You know, my kids have grown up. Nate's got a beard. Because <laughs> that's how tired I feel. I feel like as I just would sleep forever. But this device, this thought of you just need to get away. You need a holiday. How many of you ever heard the, fr the phrase, you know, a change is as good as a holiday? You know what I mean? That simple thread begins to weave in your thought process. Psalms 1.1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. This is the process that the Bible is speaking about. Someone who has been held by the devil's devices. It is a man who began walking, then stood, and then sat. There is a process here. The devil is trying to slow you down. Drag your feet. Why are you going so fast? Just take your time. And I get it. There are times you need to be mindful, be careful, take your time. But as far as just forgetting about Christianity, it doesn't work. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That doesn't say is fit for ministry. That doesn't say is fit to serve. It says the kingdom of God. That's serious. That means each and every one of us are in that boat. Have we allowed relaxation, the utopia. And we live, let's be honest, we live in one of the best places in the world, the Gold Coast. But we cannot fool ourselves to think, well, life should just be dream world. Number two, it's the thought of doing enough. How many of you have ever been like, just a thought. You've already outreached. You've already had church. For me, it's like, you've already preached on that subject. And it's one little thread at a time that begins to try to weave into your life the thought pattern of you've done enough. Let somebody else do it. We've been accused of being too radical, always outreaching, on the cutting edge. And if we're not careful, we can begin as though we've done, we, we can begin to think we've done enough. 
That, oh, well, why do you have church so often, three services a week? That's a bit, that's a bit much. Why do you always have to be going to prayer nights and fasting? And, and, and you know, isn't that, I mean, haven't you done enough? I mean, if it was going to happen, God would have made it happen already. And you think, yeah, we're just going to relax. Just slow down a little bit. The disciples got a revelation when they tried to cast out a demon and it didn't come out. Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said, However, this kind does not come out uh, except by prayer and fasting. In other words, Jesus said, listen, you haven't arrived yet. I know you want to do things and you're uh, wanting to be proactive, but the truth is, is that there's still more you need to learn. And how many know it's good to ask questions? It's good to be in the presence of God as often as we can because this is where we're going to learn. How many know you can't have enough of God? Right? And then we get to the point where it's like, yeah, Pastor, the last time you preached on this subject was a lot better than the first. Probably was. But that doesn't mean we need to stop hearing it. How many know repetition is the best teacher? I said repetition is the best teacher. I said, okay, you got it. Finally, it's the thought of giving up. The devil's devices weaves in. Just relax. Haven't you done enough? Why don't you just give up? And for us as Christians, it's like a dog going back to its vomit. I want you to, I want you to focus on a dog going back to its vomit. Don't quit. It's not worth it. What are you going back to? This is one of the strategies that takes the most time. Because how many know you don't just backslide overnight? It starts with, you know what, pastor, I'm just too tired to do ministry. Pastor, I, I have been out on outreach and impact teams for the last 13 years. It's time for me to just step back. Daniel 7, 25, he shall speak pomptuous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and time and a half a time. And what you have to understand is this persecution that Daniel is speaking about, it's a wearing down of the saints. It's that constant nagging. When I was a checkout chick at Red Rooster, I had this boss that wouldn't give me a break. Every time I was there, he would mock me about everything, how I looked, the fact that I was a Christian, how I did my work, and it was every time that I was with him, I would go home, and I would probably be about 14, 15 years of age, absolutely demoralized, just sitting there going, Mom, Dad, I want to quit. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The parters aren't quitters. And so my parents sat me down and said, no, 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 you're not going to quit. Why should, you've done nothing wrong. 
Why should you leave? And so we prayed, and my boss got transferred. That's a good God, eh? Let me just throw out a hypothetical. You're in church. This is your church. You got saved in this church. God spoke to you at that altar. Maybe you got married at, this, in, you know, at the church. Maybe you had children, you dedicate them in that church. Now all of a sudden, someone says something, upsets you, has a different opinion. And instead of saying, that's not right, this is my church, I'm not going to leave. I'm not happy with this. I'm, go- I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight. I'm going to make sure that, you know, resolve this problem. Instead of doing that, you go, you know what? I think it's time for me to leave. Why? Why would you let somebody take you out of where God brought you? That's a devil's device. It's time to move on. The church is kicking you out. You're like Jonah, getting thrown out of the boat. No, I don't believe it. Devil's trying to get you to quit. Devil's trying to get you to write yourself out. And if you're not careful, you can become tied up with what the devil has. See, the devil would rather nothing more than you being roped in his mindsets. The wrong mindsets. Relax. Take it easy. Chill out. Give up. And he's going to wait at those precise moments to reveal that to us. One thread at a time. Just a thread at a time. A person said this. Children, ministry, money, job. And before you know it, you're tied down. You feel you cannot break free. But I want to focus and bring the hope this evening, thirdly, at cutting ties. The life of a Christian needs to be carried with dominion and power. A dad joke for you this evening, why isn't Jesus allowed into any jewelry store? Because he breaks every chain. You're welcome. (laughs) Now, the reason why here is Jesus saying, I'm going to break every chain. Nothing can withhold you. I'm glad he said chains and not ropes. How many know we could cut ropes if we really wanted to? It's not, I mean, no, if Jesus said, it's okay, I'm going to break every rope. We are like, okay, that's nice, but chances are we could do that. Why? Because this is our portion. It's a supernatural dimension, but it's not automatically. So cutting ties involves, number one, rejection. Those mindsets that are trying to ingrain themselves in your thinking, eh, you have to learn to reject. This is called positive thinking. This is what psychologists and psychiatrists 
recommend for anyone who's dealing with toxic emotions, uh, 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 toxic uh, thoughts, it has to be linked back. You need to start thinking positive. In other words, stop being negative, Nancy, looking at everything as half of uh, uh, woe is me, of course it'll happen. Rather start thinking and looking towards the positive. Second Corinthians 10.5 Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You need to learn to reject things that oppose the will of God and the destiny God has for you in your life. In other words, next time a little thought comes in, they don't like you. This church, the standards, this, that, whatever. Say, devil, I rebuke that. I reject that. Sorry, I reject that. Number two, it has to do with rebuking. So we reject those mindsets and we rebuke it. Now, positive thinking needs to be followed by positive speaking. It's not just good enough for you to think positive things. It now needs to step into how you speak. And this has to do with rebuking. When Jesus said in regards to unbelief, he said, I most assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and, I will, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. You have to speak to the mountain. Yes, I believe, you know, there are things we need to ponder and think about and meditate on, but it needs to lead you to now begin to speak it out. Devil, get out of my house. Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. Get out of my marriage. Leave my children's health alone. You have to rebuke it. Jesus didn't say, ask the mountain. He said, say to the mountain. Don't be asking the devil. Devil, can you please leave? Devil, can you please stop harassing me? You have to rebuke it. We don't have conversations with the devil. We rebuke it. Hallelujah. Number three, cutting ties involves you rejecting, rebuking, and receiving. I've learned something, and that, that, that's how to receive gifts. You know, over time, when you're young, you don't know how to receive a gift. Someone gives you a present you don't want, you immediately like, Meh. And you're ungrateful. And you get belted for that, right? And you're not, if you didn't, you should. Tell me about it and I'll belt you now. I'll make up for it. <laughs> Pastor Josh Walsh. <laughs> we finished building the mezzanine floor. And he goes, are you happy? And I said, yes, I'm happy. Thank you for helping me. If you didn't help me, I wouldn't have been able to do this mezzanine floor. And he goes, you're happy. I said, yes. He goes, could you tell your face then? 
blessing. <laughs> Receiving is one of those things where you just, it's difficult, but you teach yourself. You know, God wants to bless you. And many times God's saying, I want to do this, I want to do that. And you think, well, I don't know if I deserve it. Maybe somebody else. We try to write ourselves out. You need to understand that God has so much for us. And what he has for us is better than anything the devil can offer. Remember, the will of God is not difficult. Doing God's will ought not to be a drag. The Bible says, Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as if with a cart rope. What we're involved is transforming the lives of people around the world. We're involved in seeing souls saved. Yes, we're on the cutting edge. We're evangelizing. We're proclaiming the name of Jesus. And we are believing for whatever blessing God has. Lord, help me. Make room so that you can. Uh, uh, make me the instrument that you need me to be so that I can be faithful with what you give me. Jesus said these famous words, Matthew eleven thirty, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Christian life is the best life you can live. Can you say amen? amen. There is no better thing to be doing Sunday night Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, prayer nights, Saturday morning, than being in the house of God, cutting ties from the toxic mindset, not being sucked in, not being tied up with what the devil has, but rather being liberated with the blessings God has for us. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.